Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Ready to hear a word of God? Come on, I said, you ready to hear from God today? Amen. All right, we're going to put the title of the series on the screen. We are in a series called, I Will Get Through This. I told you, I didn't want to name it, you will get through this, because I needed every time you said it to be a declaration, a prophetic declaration over your life. So I'm going to ask you one more time, say this title with me, I will get through this. Yes, you will. And we are not just encouraging, we're not just throwing around exciting statements, we're bringing you promises from the Word of God. Studying the book of Daniel gave you some of the history of the book of Daniel last week, that Daniel and his friends were men who were living in exile. They grew up in, in Babel, in Jerusalem. They were in Judah. They loved God and they got taken from their home and now they're living in another country trying to do their best to serve God in a culture that doesn't. They are exiles. They're going through trial. They're going through persecution, but they got through it. And if they can get through it, you can get through it too, no matter what your get through it is. I'll tell you, this series was going to be inspirational, practical, but it's also going to be educational. We're going to continue to teach you from the book of Daniel and come back next Sunday, because next Sunday we're going to do an entire teaching on the end times, what the world's going to look like when this all finally wraps up. And I promise it will be encouraging. It won't be depressing. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a little scary, but it's going to be more fun than scary. And how can it be fun and scary at the same time? I don't know, but come next week, and I promise it will bless your life. Uh, you're going to learn a lot and be encouraged, inspired, and hopefully have something to do differently when you get back home. Today's message, uh, I want to begin with a, a story. My wife and I went to the Dominican Republic this past summer as a part of our vacation. We got any Dominicans in the house, Dominicanos? Let's go. All right. Love my Dominican brothers and sisters. We're all from that same area of the Caribbean. And uh, I didn't know this. When you go to the Dominican Republic, it's not enough to have a passport. We showed up with our passport and we showed up with our bags. And when we got there, they said, do you have the special immigration form? And I was like, yeah, my passport, that's the special immigration form. And they said, no, you got to actually have a special immigration form if you're, now mind you, they've called our seats, our zone, we're, we're getting loaded. And they said, you cannot get on this plane unless you have this special immigration form. I said, well, what do I do? I don't have that. And she said, well, go to Google and Google Dominican Republic immigration form. And I was like, that's so Dominican. <laughs> right there. I got to Google it right now. I don't know if I'm going to get it done in time. And they're like, no offense to Dominican. You know what I'm talking about. We just do things like that sometimes. And so, and so I did it. So I, I went there and five results came out. One of them said fast and easy immigration form. So I clicked on that because it's fast and easy. So I clicked on that, and then I was like two pages in, and then when I got to the end of it, it said $15. So I was like, I mean, whatever, $15. I, most important thing is I go on display. As I'm filling out the form, I look over to Pastor Liz. She's on like page six right now. She didn't go through two pages. She got through page six. After I pay my $15, I go to her. I go, did you get to the payment page yet? She said, what payment page? I said, the payment page on the Fast and Easy website. She goes, no, this came through. It's free. <laughs> so we got on the plane. We got to where we were trying to go. I got off. I started to ask somebody. I said, I'm confused. I spent $15 for mine. Hers is free. The lady said, no, it is free. 
said, that's a fake website that you'd paid $15 to. So now a fake company has my passport numbers, my credit card numbers, and $15. (laughs) And I was so mad. I was so mad because I had just gotten conned. And I was really mad because I come from New York and I should have known better. But I'm also really mad because it had all the telltale signs of a con and I didn't catch it. You know how you know it's a con? When they give you the promises first and the cost after. And let me just tell you, the devil works the same way. He will give you the promises first, fast and easy, cost after. An awesome night of passion and love, diapers and bottles after. He don't tell you that. He don't tell you that when she texts you. Because it's always with the devil, promises first, cost after. That's how he got Adam and Eve, by the way. Eat the apple and you'll be just like God. Hundreds of years later, experience death like they never should have. By the way, God does it the reverse. God puts the cost up front. He said, count the cost before you follow me. Because God wants you to know it before you get into it. The devil wants you to get into it And then before you know it, your life is falling apart. Before you know it, you don't even come to church anymore. Before you know it. I want to speak to you today on the topic of the great con. The great con. Because people ask me a lot of times, Pastor, I'm going through something. How do I go through this? And a lot of times they're asking me for a list of things to start doing. But I have learned that it's actually a combination. You need to hear this. Of a list of things to start doing. Hear me. And a list of things to stop falling for. Sometimes we can't get through the trial because we keep falling for the same old cons, the same old lies, the same old tricks. Now, I need to warn you, today's message is going to be a little harder to hear. It's going to be a little in your face, but not every message can be rainbows and roses and perfume. And, and I mean, is there anybody in the room who's just tired of falling for the same things? How many people know sometimes there's some things in my life I need to stop doing? There's some things in my life I need to cut out. So I'm, I'm coming for you today, but just know Pastor loves you. And if today's message is too hard, come back next Sunday. We're talking about the end time. <laughs> or maybe just in September. Maybe just come back in September. Don't fall for it. Tell your neighbor, don't fall for it. Daniel didn't fall for it. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 6, we see that the men are being brought to Babylon. And in the process of being brought, the leader of Babylon does something very subtle but significant. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. Verse 7, the chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Go ahead and put them on the screen. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. And Azariah was called Abednego. Now, in order to understand the Khan, you have to understand the power of these names. I want to put the four Israel names, the four Hebrew names on the screen one more time. We've got Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. If you notice, one thing that all the names have in common is El, Ah, El, Ah. That's significant because El is short for Elohim and Ah is short for Yahweh. El means God, Yahweh means Lord. El again, God, Ah again, Yahweh. The young men have God's name in their name. This is important. Why? Because the devil knows he can't stop you from getting through it as long as God is in your life. 
We preached about this last Sunday. As long as God is a part of your name, as long as God is a part of your identity, as long as God is with you, there's no way he can stop you. So if the devil, re- and how many people can praise God for that? That neither height nor death, neither death nor life, neither sin nor unrighteousness, and nothing can separate us from the love of God, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. I thank you, God, for your faithfulness and your mercy and your goodness. Even when I'm not those things, I love you. But here is the devil's strategy. If he's got to get you away from God, but he can't change God, then in order to separate you, he has to change you. So the name change is not just something that's superficial. God is actually, the, the devil is actually trying to create a separation. Look at the name change. Put the other names on. Belteshazzar, Sadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Now these are Babylonian names, but the change is more than just superficial. It's not like, you know, they wanted to name them something that they could pronounce because their Hebrew names were too hard to pronounce, even though that's true. That's not like when you meet a Juan and you call him Jawan. I'm going to switch it up because it's easier to say. This is a part of it, but not really. Look, it's, it's a promise. They're telling the young men, listen, if you would just change a little bit of your name, you'll succeed in Babylon. If you can shift just a little bit, you'll become famous here. You'll work here. You'll be great here. But it comes at a cost. Because look, gone is El. Gone is Ah. Gone is El. Gone is Ah. Gone is God and has been replaced with Bel, Ak, Ak, and Nego. Bel, the Babylonians were polytheists, not monotheists. So they didn't worship one God, they worshiped the pantheon of God. And their pantheon is hidden within the names of the Babylonian names. And so you got Bel Teshazar. Bel was the Babylonian king of the gods. Ak is short for Aku. Aku was a god that they worshipped. And then Ak, Ak, and then Nego at the bottom is, is a reference to Nebo, who was another god of Babylon. Are you seeing it? These are little changes that the enemy is trying to do to replace their god with their gods. And now you might look at this and you go, wow, these are really big changes. Like their names don't look anything like they were before. Like I would realize it if my name is Joseph and someone called me Paul. Like that would be a big but they're only big changes because you're reading them in English. When you get down to the Hebrew of them, they're actually very similar. Daniel means God is my judge. Belteshazzar means, and what does a judge do? A judge protects you. Belteshazzar is Bel protects me. Do you see the similarity? Hananiah is the Lord is mercy. Aku was the moon god. Mercy is something you need when you're scared and you're alone. The moon god was the god who protected you at night when you would need mercy. Mishael and Meshach are the closest. Mishael means who is like my God. Meshach means who is like Aku. Azariah is God helps me. Abednego, or the Lord helps me. Abednego is I help. Nebo. They're very subtle changes. And this is important because you need to know sometimes we look at people and they get so far from God or we look at people and their marriages are so crazy and we look at people and they're strung out on drugs and we go, oh my gosh, how did that big change happen overnight? I remember when I used to go to school with them. I remember when I used to go to church with them. You have to understand that the devil, when he works in your life, he doesn't work in big changes. He works in little changes so that one day you look in the mirror and you don't even know who it is that's looking back at you anymore. I wrote it this way. I wrote it this way. Maybe this will help minister. Sudden big changes that happen overnight are usually the result of subtle little choices that happened over time. The devil never gets you one night to the next. He gets you over time. Listen, infidelity doesn't happen overnight. Some people are like, yeah, it can happen during the day too. 
How's that what I mean? Infidelity doesn't happen overnight. Hear me, infidelity happens over a DM. Huh? Real quiet at church today. Somebody been DMing, that's what it is. It doesn't happen overnight, it happens in a text message. It happens in a comment on their social media when she takes the picture in her bathing suit at the beach and you heart it and you're like, I can tell the fitness is working. Can't wait to visit Cabo. Here's my favorite, God bless. And that God bless is so loaded, holy on the outside, shifting little choices on the inside. You don't get high blood pressure overnight how to get rushed to the hospital. You get high blood pressure over many days of eating fried foods. Over and over, fried food for breakfast, fried food for lunch, fried food for dinner, fried food, fit a salad in there one time for the sake of your genealogy. Keep it going. You don't fail a class journey youth overnight. You fail a class over, one more show, one more show. And one more show until the test comes and you're like, I have no idea, but I can talk about the one where Ross meets Rachel. <laughs> but I can't tell you, but I don't really know. <clears throat> Nobody leaves God overnight. Nobody walks away from the church overnight. Nobody walks away from God overnight. You know what it is? One Sunday you wake up, you think, ah, I'm tired. I'm not going to go. It's that one morning you usually read your Bible, but you go, you know what? No, I don't really feel like it today. And one choice after one choice after one choice leads into a transformation. Don't fall for it. Daniel didn't fall for it. The moment that Daniel gets to Babylon, the con is on. They're trying to get them to be like Babylon. They're trying to get them to be a certain way. And so the first thing they do is they bring in all the world's best teachers. We're going to teach you everything you need to know about astrology and math, which is so interesting to me because it's slavery disguised as scholarships. Be careful what the enemy offers you on the front end. Always ask what the cost is on the back end. The other thing that they get offered is food. And this food is a problem because this food is contaminated. We don't know why it's contaminated. It would have been contaminated for one of two reasons. Either it was not kosher which means that it was a type of food that was off limits to the Jewish people, like pork, for example, or it was food that was sacrificed to idols, which also would have been a no-no. But whatever the case, this is the first temptation for these men. Do I eat a little? It's like when you're on that diet, you know, you know you shouldn't have it. You're like, it's just a little, it's just a little bit. I just got, nobody knows. You gotta imagine the table is set and Daniel and his, his, his friends and his brothers are like, all right, do I, do, I, do I do it? It's just a little, it won't affect us. But Daniel is aware of the con. Look what he says in chapter one, verse eight. But Daniel was determined not to contaminate himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. I'm not gonna let a little in because a little in is gonna mess up my life. It's gonna mess up the areas of my life that I know God wants to bless. I wanna speak to you today on the topic of holiness. And depending how you grew up or what church you grew up in or if you grew up in church at all, holiness can trigger you. Because when I say the word holiness, you automatically think of you can't come to church unless you wear a skirt or you can't come to church if you got tattoos or you can't come to church if you got earrings. And if you do got earrings, depends how big them earrings are and how big those hoops are. And, and you can't come to church if you paint your hair and you can't come to church if you watch PG-13 movies. And, and I just want you to know that holiness has nothing to do with those things. I want to talk to you today about holiness, not as a way of dressing or as a, a way of what? I want to talk to you today about holiness as a way of getting through. Getting through. 
I want to show you, illustrate really quickly a baseball card. I want to put this on the screen. This is a Honus Wagner 1909 baseball card. Last week, this card sold for $7.25 million, making it the most expensive sports card ever traded, bought, or sold in the history of the world. While I was preparing for this sermon, I was preparing for this sermon three weeks ago, it was $6.6 million. And then while I was preparing for it, it went to 7.25. Now, the reason why this card is so expensive is not because you know that player. Don't nobody know no Honus Wagner. Who's that? We know Babe Ruth, we know Mickey Mantle, we know the Yankees, but we don't know no Honus Wagner. The reason why it's so valuable is not because he was a great player, even though he was. The reason why it was so valuable is because this card was in 1909, it was printed, and it's in near mint condition. The person who traded and sold the card said, this Wagner stands out because of its condition. What makes it so valuable is that it made it through World War I and it made it through World War II in mint condition, y'all. Some of y'all can't even keep a white t-shirt <laughs> in mint condition for two weeks. This is a baseball card that made it through World Wars, Great Depression in mint condition. You know why? Because somebody looked at it and thought, that's special. I'm going to keep it safe. Can I give you another word? Somebody determined that the card was holy. Holy means set apart. Holy means I'm going to take care of it. Now I need you to replace Honus Wagner's face with your heart. And I want to tell you that God is asking you to keep your heart safe. Guard your heart from the things of this world that would seek to corrupt it and contaminate it. Guard your mind from the things of this world that would seek to corrupt and contaminate it. Because as you guard your heart and as you guard your mind and as you guard your purity, the value of your life increases over time. Holiness is understanding that what in you is special and I'm going to take care of it. Now let me share the story of Fred McKee. Fred McKee was once the owner of this card. Put the card back on the screen. Fred McKee was once the owner of this card. He bought it in 1973 for $1,100. Talk about a ROI. $1,100 Fred McKee bought it. And when he sold it, woo, he made bank. He sold it in 1976 for $2,500. Fred McKee is still alive today. He saw that card sell for $7.25 million. But you have to think, when he sold it, he wasn't thinking he got scammed. He was looking at the person who took it and said, I just 1.5 x my money. Sucker! I got him. But what he didn't know was that the thing in him was more valuable than anything he could have gotten out there. I want to tell you right now, Fred McKee made a mistake when he traded it because he did not understand how valuable the thing that he had was. Don't you trade the calling that God has on your life for whatever the enemy has for you. I promise you, it's a bad trade. Don't trade your purity. It's a bad trade. Don't trade your marriage. It's a bad trade. Don't trade your children. It's a bad trade. Or one day, 30 years from now, you'll be looking back. Should be married to somebody else and you'll think, what did I do? Is this a little too personal? How did I, how did I mess that? How did I mess that up? It was, it was valuable. Guard it. I want to talk to you about four things that the enemy's going to use to try and contaminate you. Don't fall for his cons. Like I said, it's going to be a little, little hard today, but I need you to receive it. Say, it's okay, pastor. Okay. Well, now that you've given me permission, I want to talk to you about contaminating consumption. And now I'm not talking about the food you eat. Uh, there's actually a, a word like Daniel. There's actually a, a Bible verse in the New Testament that God tells 
uh, Peter, he goes, listen, all the, all the animals that I made are good for eating. Praise the Lord. Because <laughs> your boy likes pork. Okay, I'm just, I'm grateful. <laughs> Contaminating consumption. I'm not talking about the food you eat. I'm talking about the content you consume. Like, can I just talk a little bit about the music you listen to? Is this all right? First off, I think we need to shift the paradigm. Because I grew up in a church where all Christian music was good and all secular music was bad. And I just don't believe that. Because I remember growing up and I'm like, I really don't feel bad. Like, it's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I actually feel good listening to that. I don't feel... Can I shift the conversation? Let's stop thinking about music as secular, Christian, good or bad. Instead, let's ask you this question. How does that song make me feel when I hear it? Huh? Because listen, if you're going through a breakup right now, maybe Boyz II Men is not your jam. <laughs> maybe that's not what you listen to if you're going through it or else you're going to get back in the car, drive over to his house and forget why you broke up with him in the first place because you got contaminated by the thing that you're consuming. Can we talk about the movies that we watch? Some of it, got, I'm not, forget about the rating. How does it make you feel when you watch it? If you're, if you're afraid, if you're a scared person, if you're like, Pastor, I really have this fear of like the devil and the, maybe poltergeist is <laughs> not the movie for you. Pastor, I wrestle with anxiety. Maybe Uncut Gems is <laughs> not the movie for you. Be careful what you're, Pastor, I wrestle with worry. Maybe you shouldn't consume so much Fox News and CNN if you wrestle with worry. Pastor, I wrestle with comparison. I always think everybody around me is doing better than me. Maybe you ought to consume a little less TikTok. Consume a little less Instagram. You wrestle with lust. Maybe you ought to shift the people that you follow. Well, I want to follow that fitness influencer because she shows me how to really develop big glutes. You're not watching that Instagram to develop the glutes. You're watching it for the glutes and it's contaminating the sexual purity that got... Be, just be careful what you consume. I took my son to an ice cream shop, Kilwins, on, on Park Avenue. I love that place. I took him, and he had a stomach uh, virus. He was throwing up all day. Now, you might ask yourself, what kind of father brings their son to an ice cream shop when they have a stomach virus? The kind of father who wants ice cream. Raise your own kids, okay? And so I took him, and we went. And he said, he said Dad, he said, I want ice cream. I said, buddy, you can't have ice cream. He said, he said why? I said, because you've been throwing up all day. If, if, if I give you this ice cream, you're going to throw up again. He looked at me and he said, yeah, but by then I would have eaten it. <laughs> he said, but by then I couldn't have a good argument. And he said, yeah, I throw it up, but by then I would have eaten it. In other words, daddy, it tastes good. I don't care what it does to me. It tastes good. Here's the truth. Not everything that tastes good is good for you. Amen. Receive it, y'all. Forget about your preferences. Forget about what you like. You need to step back from everything that you're consuming and say, is this getting me closer to Jesus or further away? Is this good for my mental health or is this bad for my mental health? I'm not going to eat it, even if it tastes good, if it's not good for me. Also, beware contaminating conversations. Beware contaminating conversations. 
Leviticus chapter 24, verse 13 through 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the blasphemer outside the camp and tell all those who heard the curse to lay their hands on his head. I thought about leaving this last verse out because I didn't want you to think that God was some kind of master, uh, monster, but I figured I'd just teach through it. Then let the entire community stone him to death. <laughs> I know somebody here who doesn't go to church is like, your God is OD. But, but, but honestly, the laws of the Bible are much more lenient than the other laws at that time. The law of Hammurabi, for instance, if you just stole a quarter from somebody or any, you know that that was punishable by death? But in the Hebrew Bible, the only sins that are punishable by death are the sins against God or the sins against family. Because in the Bible and in God's eyes, God and family are the two most important things in life. In fact, you, you could also get stoned if you blasphemed your, your dad, like if you cussed out your dad. Which as a dad, I think we should bring that one back. <laughs> Let my son raise his voice at me. I'd be like, what you said? <laughs> right, Ernesto, the next time he talks back to his mother, raises his voice, what you said about your mom? <laughs> Just kidding, don't abuse, don't abuse your kids. You want to know how serious blasphemy, blasphemy was in the Bible? It's what Jesus was executed for. Did you forget that? The crime that he was punished for? They said, blaspheme. That was... That's what he died for. But that's not what I want to focus on. Put the verse back on. I want to focus what the people who heard the blaspheme had to do. The Bible says that they had to tell all those who heard the curse to lay their hands on the one who blasphemed. Laying the hands on someone's head is a transference of guilt. They would do it in the Old Testament to the scapegoat who carried the sins of Israel out into the wilderness. That means that it wasn't just the speakers who were guilty for saying it, it was the hearers who were guilty for hearing it. That means, this is just ought to hit home, other people's words can affect you. Other people's words can affect you. You know how stuff ends up in your heart? I want to put, what's in your heart? I want to put a question on here. What's in your heart? You know, sometimes anger gets in your heart. Sometimes bitterness is in your heart. Sometimes racism is in your heart. Sometimes frustration is in your heart. You know how things get in your heart? Stuff gets, what's in your heart is determined by What's in your heart is determined by what you hear. Be careful what you hear, because what other people saying can get inside of you. Don't let, let me help you, don't let someone else's gossip become your grievance. You ever walk into church and just be mad at somebody you don't even know? Come, come on, huh? Come on now. You ever been mad at somebody that you got no beef with? They never did nothing to you, but because your friend don't like them, because they did something, now all of a sudden you don't like them, and they never did nothing to you, you could hold the door open for them at church, but you see them coming and you're just like. <laughs> and they never did nothing to you. Their grievance, their gossip became your grievance. Don't let someone else's doubt become your disbelief. You know, my, my wife was driving from the, to the hospital the other day, my wife, because my mother-in-law, we thought we were going to lose her. She was having seizures. It was crazy. Don't be worried. She's actually going to be here at the next service, which is a miracle, the fact that she's even alive and healed and all of that. You can praise God for that because we legit thought she was going to pass away. Um, on the, way to the on the way to the hospital, she called my mom because my mom was a prayer warrior. And my mom gave her this advice. And it was kind of like good advice, but also kind of bad advice. But also like, I know my mom's heart. So mom, if you're watching, I know what you meant. But she told, she told my, my wife, she said, she said, and don't you listen to what the doctor says. <laughs> don't you believe it. And I was like, well, mom, let's wait to find out what the doctor says. 
because the doctor could say she's all right. And I won't believe that. <laughs> but I love my mom's heart because what she was saying was, listen, I know that they know medicine and I know that they know science and I know that they know health, but they don't know God like you and I know God. So if they begin to plant doubt in your heart, don't let their doubt become your dis. You know your God. You know his power. You know his miracles. I'm not going to doubt because you doubt. I'm not going to let what you believe get inside of me. I know what I believe. Journey youth, all y'all going back to college, all y'all going to high school, all y'all going to middle school. Don't let another kid's insecurity about themselves become your insecurity when they start talking about you. It's themselves that they hate. It's their mom that they're mad at. It's their dad that they're angry at. Not you, they're taking it out on you. Don't let what's in them get in you. But you don't understand, they're popular, they're important, they're the head cheerleader, they're the, <laughs> that's okay, listen, this is the con, their words matter. Here's the truth, God's word matters more. Because for some of y'all, it's not the high school cheerleader. For some of y'all, it was your dad who said that thing to you or didn't say that thing to you that has stuck with you your whole life. But that's my dad. Their words matter. But God's words matters more. Here's the third con. Beware of contaminating connections. 1 Corinthians 15, Do not be fooled. Bad company corrupts good character. Be careful who you chill with. One of the most saddest days of my life was Christmas Day 2020. I had gotten COVID and my mom had to drop off all the presents through the window. It was like that commercial. My kids were through the window. She was on the other side. We were like, thank you for the presents. She couldn't risk coming in. Why? Because as much as she loved me, she couldn't allow what was in me get in her. Let me put a word on the screen. Infection. Let me put another word on the screen. Influence. Be careful whose influence becomes an infection in your life. And, and, and here's what you're thinking, but you don't understand, we're tight. You understand, we're family. You don't understand, we're best friends. You don't understand, this is the one that the Christians fall for all the time. You don't understand, I'm their only connection to God. If I leave their life, they're never gonna come home to Jesus. And the problem is, you are putting yourself in Jesus' shoes. Here's the con, they need me. Here's the truth, they need Jesus. And as good as you are, brother and sister, you are not Jesus. And that person's problem is that they think you are. And if you can just step out of that life for a little bit, you can actually allow God to be the only God in their life and not you. Finally, be careful of contaminating conduct. Contaminating conduct. I'm gonna read a verse that's gonna sound super weird. I'll explain it and it'll make sense. Haggai, chapter two, verse 11 through 14, ask the priest this question about the law. If one of you is carrying some meat from a holy sacrifice in his robes and his robe happens to brush against some bread or stew, wine or olive oil or any other kind of food, will it also become holy? The priest replied, no. Now what's interesting about this is that the meat was sacrificed to God, so the meat was holy. When I put the meat in my jacket, my jacket becomes holy, but nothing my jacket touches become holy. The theme is that holiness is not contagious. In other words, it's not enough that your mom went to church. You got me? It's not enough that your husband goes to church. This ain't contagious like that. We'll keep reading. No. Next verse. Then Haggai asked, if someone becomes ceremonial unclean by touching a dead person and then touches any of these foods, will the food be defiled? And the priest answered, yes. Then Haggai responded, this is how it is with people in this nation. Everything they do and everything they offer is defiled by sin saying holiness is not contagious, but sin is. And I'm not talking about spreading from person to person. What the Bible is inferring is that sin will never just affect one area of your life. When we sin, sin affects every area of our life. 
Now I need to talk about what sin is because we got people that never been to church before. And when, I, and when I say the word sin, you think of two things. You think of sin is anything that's bad. And there's other people, you say sin is anything that's fun. Anything that's bad or anything that's fun, that's gotta be sin. But I wanna switch the language. Sin is not anything that's bad or anything that's fun. Sin is literally means missing the mark. It's anything that's not good for you is sin. Anything that's not good for you. An example would be if I put gas, okay, in my engine and I put oil in my gas tank. How many people would say I missed it? Now, because of one thing that I did, does that car work? Does it even turn on? It might blow up and everything just stops working. Steering wheel might not work. The radio might not work at that point. It does not gonna work. It's one thing, but it affects everything. Here's the con, it's just blank. Here's the truth, it's not just blank. It's not just blank, it's gonna affect your whole life. This is your life. See it? Say so I see it. Say so I see it. It's just one sin. It's just one more, it's just one struggle, it's just one addiction. It's just, yeah, but it's one that has an effect on everything. So it might just be one tap of this hammer. It might be two taps of this hammer. But only took one, slash two. And now look, my life is in pieces. And I know that there are people at church today who can relate to this. I made one bad decision and now my finances are affected. Now my kids are affected. Now my mental health is affected. Now my friendships are affected. Now the way I read the Bible is affected. My prayer life's affected. My mom and dad are different. My, my, my friends are different. My, my, my mental, everything's different. It was one decision and it messed me up. And, and I know that there are people who feel this way and who feel hopeless. Because when you look at this, there's no way, there's no way that this could be restored again. I mean, some things in life, when they're broken, they're broken and there's no way that this is gonna come back together again. Unless you're God. Because God has this amazing ability, and I don't know how he does it, but God has this amazing ability to take things that are broken, things that never, ever, ever, ever should be restored or repaired or come back whole again, Things that any unbelieving bystander would look at and say, there's just, that's done. That life is done. You're never gonna be the same again, it's over. God has this way I, of taking things that should never ever be made whole again. And bringing it back together. Now I know what you're thinking. Witchcraft. <laughs> now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, how in the world? How did he do that? And I just want you to know, whenever I see you in the lobby, and I remember all the things you've been through, I say the same thing to myself. How in the world did God do that? That life was supposed to be in shambles. That life was supposed to be impossible. That marriage wasn't supposed to come back, but somehow God did it. How did they get through that bankruptcy? I don't know how he did it, but somehow God did it. How did they not kill themselves in the middle of the night when they had the knife to their wrist and the drugs down their throat? I don't know how he did it, but God did it. How in the world did I get through the anxiety 
through COVID without a paycheck. I don't know how he did it, but God did it. There's a miracle in your life that has no explanation for it. But it was the power of God that brought back together what nothing, what nothing should have been able to do. Would you stand all over this room? Stand all over this room. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you how I did it. Because it's not witchcraft. It's not even Holy Ghost. I, I thought about messing around a little bit and be like, Father God, I just pray that you would do a miracle that they would know that, oh, God's real. No, no, not even that. It's, it's a magic trick. It's an illusion. It's science. I don't even know how it works. I'm just going to tell you, all I know is it doesn't work if it's halfway in. It only works when it's all the way in. By the way, you know what this liquid is? In case you're wondering, oil. I do not have the time. Don't get me started about getting filled with the oil of the power and the presence of the... 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, come here, 12 o'clock. All I know is it doesn't work if it's halfway in. Can I tell you, the greatest enemy of your holiness is not sin. Your greatest enemy is halfway Christianity. Guys, it just don't work. It just don't work. And if I'm come to say anything today, I've come to say that unless you go all in on this thing, baptism Sunday is a part of that, going all in. Unless you go all in on this thing, this does not work. Christianity doesn't work if you go to church but don't read your Bible. It don't work if you read your Bible but don't go to church. Are you with me? There are areas of our life we don't mind giving to God, but then there are other areas of our life that we're like, mm, not that one yet. And God came to tell you today, if you want to get through, I need it all. And so I'm talking to people right now. I'm asking you, go all in. If you want to get through, you got to go all in. It's the only way. Every head but every eye closed. There's two types of people in this room, the ones who are far from God. You came to church in pieces. God's getting ready to put you back together. Oh, by the way, we have a word for this. Sorry, I know I told you to close your eyes, but can you look up real quick at the screen? This word is called reconciliation. It's when your relationship with God gets right and then everything gets right as a result. Bow your heads and close your eyes. God, you want to reconcile some people to you today. If you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, when I say three, I want you to raise your right hand high as a signal. I'm ready to come home. I'm ready to start over. In Jesus' name, if that's you, raise your right hand high. This is a salvation. Come to Jesus moment all over this room on three. One, two, three. Hand high. I need Jesus in my life. Nobody's looking. It's between you and God. You still got time. You still got time. If you need this, if you need this, if you're like, if you came to church in pieces today, give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. Give it to Jesus. He's going to make you whole. And it ain't going to be a magic trick like I did. It's going to be a Get certified miracle over your life. Amen. If you raise your hand, you can put it down. Repeat this prayer after me, everybody. Father God, today, come on, say it with authority today. I go all in. I give you all of my heart. I give you all of my life. Forgive me, Jesus, for my past. Protect me in my future. I'm going in. In your name I pray. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.